everybody, Zach here. Uh, and since you're here right now, I can only assume that you have gotten this link to this demo test run recording of our new podcast, Frame Imperfect, from either myself or Josh or Cody. Um, if you would do all of us a solid once you're done listening to this episode, if you've got any thoughts, feedbacks, or comments you'd like to share, please reach out to your respective host, your contact, and uh, let us know what you think. What did you like? What you didn't like? Um, anything you just feel moved to tell us as you listen to this episode, as we try to workshop this idea and punch up our concept and make this crazy podcast idea something fun and funny to listen to. Um, we appreciate all the uh, all the assistance you're willing to give. Uh, thanks, and uh, enjoy this uh, peek behind the curtain. Back, uh, we have completed Clue, and uh, yeah, this is a this is a. I saw this available for free on one of my streaming channels, and I had to I had to because I was like, you know what, this is funny. This makes sense. It's not a video game, but it is a game, so this does actually let us start into the discussion of like how do you adapt these interactive board these interactive gaming elements into a linear narrative kind of format, and I was. And it's a fun comedy. Now, was this the first board game based movie? Yes, because yes, because Battleship didn't come until the two thousands, and the earliest years later, the yeah. earliest Dungeons and Dragons was two thousand. So this is the very first board game movie. I under after seeing the movie, I understand why they picked this one. It, it seems to lend itself the most to a plot, you know, because most of the other ones. Uh, I don't know, it's hard to imagine something like Monopoly or Candyland having enough to go on to fill up 90 minutes. This this almost had too much for 90 minutes. Was it a 90-minute film? This, I think... What was it? A, yeah, oh shit. I but it almost it was almost too much story, well, but but I understand why they picked it. I mean, you're, you're very right in that the board game does kind of model a narrative arc, you know, in the setup, and then you go through the whole mystery thing, and then finally come up with a solution. Yeah. I, yeah, the, this was famous for having three different endings, as we've seen. I was going to say, that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing, is like, what do you do in a writer's room when you're arguing, how should a movie end? And they're like, fuck it, all of them. I, I appreciate that they went that extra mile and just said, let's do just straight up do three endings. How about this? You know, and, How about this? How about that? The, the fact that the third one kind of tied the first yeah. two together, it, it was clever. Well, so the, clever. The, the, fun, the gag of it all is that in the original film print each theater only got one ending. Oh, okay. So there were some prints, you'd go see this in theaters. That's really in the, interesting. In 1985, and you'd only get the first ending or the second ending, yeah. and that's what the that's what you Presumably. saw. There could Just literally be a, a different experience from, from yeah. viewing the viewing. So again, you would see in the newspaper, because again, I think Ebert knew that different theaters had different, you know, Siskel and Ebert would talk about different theaters having different endings, so they knew that going in, there's this gimmick of you'll get one of three possible endings, and one of them was the true ending. You know, like every time I played Heavy Rain, but it's, it's a yeah, yeah. But it, I, I, you know, I thought you it was, could almost argue that a game like Heavy Rain might have come somewhat from from an idea like this. Very well, you know, it's maybe it's, that's a little loose. Well, well, there, there's certainly that similar obsession with choice mattering and having the different yeah. endings that are tailored to what actually happened. Threaded 
kind of plot. So, so let's 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 get into it. The plot as much as I can remember. A, I've been drinking. And B, this is a fucking complicated movie by design to follow. So let's go. Let's kind of talk through it. Um, it's uh, uh, Tim Curry. Uh, we'll, we'll start at the beginning. It's a dark and stormy night in 1954, 45, 54, 54. 54. 54. We're past the war. And can I just say uh, they referenced Perry Mason, which did not air its first episode until 1957. Okay. Oh, oh, really? But, but that's something that's hard to figure out in a, a pre-Google era. So I, I'll just forget that. I also feel like I saw some 57. Uh, Bel Air's like, <laughs> cars and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, oh, if, if my dad had been watching this, he he would have told us everything he about the cars. He would have. Which cars were weren't from 1954? That didn't. That didn't. Ha- that wasn't. That there. didn't That's, get distro up in New England. You can't do that. That's not how that happened. That wasn't there. They wouldn't have those. Not in New England. Not in 54. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't fucking handle this. Uh, yeah. So there's no uh, truth in art. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking lies, man. God damn lies. Ah, movies. What are you gonna do? Oh Jesus. So, uh, yeah. So we go through. I'm just, God, sorry. I've been drinking and I suddenly forgot how review podcasts work. Forgive me. Uh, this is a this is a new format we're experimenting with. Um, so the film wants up, uh, and uh, Tim Curry arrives at a spooky house in 1954. Pulls up. It's not stormy and raining yet, but we're getting there. They're setting all the pieces up on this chessboard here. Big, spooky house. Scary dogs up front. Um, I thought that bit at the front where they're like, oh, he stepped in dog shit was kind of funny. I thought I wrote down longest running poop joke. Um, it's a very long running poop joke. Because he scrapes it later? Yeah. Well, and people keep sniffing it yeah. and it goes on for like... Oh, I didn't even minutes. notice this, that part. Oh, yeah. Like, for the first, I think, 15 minutes of the movie, like, any time a, a character was introduced, they would, like, kind of look around and kind of... Get the fir- yeah, their first thing. The first couple of characters that interacted with the body, they... Hey, remember the dog shit, guys? <laughs> you know, that... You look at that and that's a very... This film's... I don't want to say. This film's... Got a lot of slap stick yeah. and shtick in it, and that's there's some very, very funny slapstick when the guy. I mean, I'm, I'm fast forwarding here, but there's a couple like a guy falls falls down on. Somebody says like a poignant line, and then the the guy with the glasses just falls over in the table. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. There's a few scenes like that that I laughed out loud at because it was just very, very well choreographed slapstick. Mm-hmm. Really funny. You know, it's funny that we don't look. I, I tend to, besides puns, I, I tend to think that like American comedy is so far into this like many layers deep of like meta textual or irony, mm-hmm. especially like yeah. on the internet, that we don't look at slapstick. It's very evolved. It's very like it's that's not a high. Piece of comedy, well, to, think, our, to our to it, like American taste, you know what I mean? It's like people think that that I guess violent comedy is too crude to be to be taken seriously, but you can screw up slap slapstick and do it poorly. Well, now you question, still need to do it like with thought. Oh sure, yeah. So my question then is uh, the only I, I keep thinking, you know, modern examples of slapstick. Did Kevin James kill slapstick? Because he's the only person that I can think of that still does let's, kind of a. Let's try to think back of '90s slapstick. Oh, fall, fall, fart. Yeah. Fall cop. Yeah. 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 Run around. Moving around. Here yeah. comes a boom. Fat man falls off things. That's yeah, the when you're just not thinking about it. Yeah. When you're just doing it because you can. I. W- 
yeah, I don't, I can't think of any good slapstick. I, like, I know it's there, like, in the 80s and 90s, like, I know. I would argue that Eric Andre does a lot of slapstick in his prank stuff, and a lot of that's pretty funny. I would agree, but I would say that that's bathed in a pretty thick paint of irony as well. Yeah, there's, like, other elements And there's, on. like, and that's that, yeah. that, that's that level of, like, um. I mean, Tim and Eric do slapstick. That but those that's but all again, in that kind of that hint of like that Andy Kaufman kind of irony where it's this very, you know, you're playing a character and that character is supposed to be the butt of a joke and he's yeah. not supposed to be, it's not refined. It's it's funny. Maybe but this, it's like well, it's, I guess the Simpsons might have been one of the. That's cartoons you know, though. That's okay, we're talking live slapstick. Action. Slapsticks yeah. lives in cartoons because I think you know we all yeah. we all grow up watching Tom and Jerry and stuff, which is like great physical comedy. Because but it's cartoon characters like The Simpsons. I guess there's not a lot of modern examples. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Again, it's it's you you can you can. Yeah, look. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah. And that's like live, but, but unscripted maybe. Live unscripted, but again, not refined. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. but it's not considered or, high comedy. Yeah. Everything is 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 like these. It's pretty, yeah, you don't have to script a guy getting hit in the balls or whatever. It's pretty yeah. straightforward. And again, it, it's it, like you said, it obviously takes skill, and they do a lot of good slapstick and stick in this film. Again, with this extended "did he step in dog shit" gag that several different characters get in at several different points. But but also like even just simple gags that aren't even slapstick. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I thought the slurping of the soup was funny. Yes, and the fact that he later mimicked it when he was like recounting. The butlers were counting yes. the, the events, and he mimics it. So just subtle stuff like that, I really enjoy because you don't see it a lot. In, what what know. I think is interesting about this is that we set up with Tim Curry, and he has this bit with the dogs, and he's like, it's this very again. I, I think of '90s, this era '85, going into '90s slapstick. It's all British, like it's like Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean is like that, yeah. the kind of the of the, the slapstick of that era I can think of. And that was, like, masterfully executed. Something, you know? something is, is kind of um, obvious, not obvious, I'm not sure what the word is, but some, something is explicit as getting dog shit in your shoes is handled with, with so much subtlety. Oh, yeah, because you don't even see it. No, I didn't even notice it, yeah. the people sniffing. No, and, and no, he does it, and he just, like, makes his, like, little yeah. wincing Tim Curry face, and you see him in like shadow rub his foot on that. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And everyone reacts, and so everyone comes in, and as they're introduced, they're doing all these 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 surprisingly subtle, but still, I think pretty funny bits where like you know Colonel Mustard's stuck behind the door, and yeah. it's like it's very, it's it's they discard jokes in the way that like Tina Fey does a lot in a lot of her <laughs> writing and a lot of shows in, like Thirty Rock or Kimmy Schmidt, where they just do the jokes and leave them and don't dwell on them. And the it's writing's like, really fast, I noticed. Like, yeah, lots of very snappy, quick dialogue. Fast-paced and also, like, when the, you know, the dog shit. Like, I like that because all these people are here because they all, even though they have nothing in common, their one commonality is, you know, we're all being blackmailed for something. So with many repeated characters smelling it, but also when the maid comes in, and it's not just the guys, but, like, the girls, like, the same thing. They just look down the cleavage, and, like, it's the... Everybody kind of shares that same joke, and then they're done yeah, with it. Uh, exactly. I, I was very distracted by the maid's cleavage. Well, okay, so he, he, I'm he, sure he that was the intent, but yeah. like there was a lot of, of side boob and definitely yeah. it's not even side boob. It's just like a lot just of just flat boob, out like just yeah. boob out boobs. It is. It's Miss Scarlet and her plunging neckline, and if that's got her push up bra on that whole thing, like just we a, need to. It's a is, it's a PG film, and I was just a little surprised. This is PG before. 
No, PG-13 came out a year before. Uh, with the, with the, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Was it Raiders? That was Red Dawn that had the first PG-13. Okay, we'll check it. But that's <laughs> okay. This is in the era where PG-13 was a new thing, and the NBA yeah, and, and the NBA yeah. was not quite sure what they needed to to list is what. This so would well, definitely be a PG-13. Well, by today's standards. I mean, they definitely like they mentioned sex. The act instead of like sex the gender. Or, yeah, yeah, no, or, they, 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 yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of like they make a lot of sex jokes and yeah. they're not explicit, but it's Oldest a lot of profession. like yeah, it's, I, it's we I run a business that helps lonely men, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah but then but then it's like oh decapitation, castration, mm-hmm. necrophilia, like it it suddenly will will but again it's it's all kind of his you know like everything is kind of implicit. Yeah. Oh, extremely. All but the, I was like, all the people was, that could get it, yeah. we're left to get it. But it, it's 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 interesting because they build this they build this cast coming into this thing, and it's you know you've got a lot of comedy greats. There's Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Tim Curry's there. You know, Martin Mull. Like I was a this is the kind of child I was. I was a fucking every day on ABC in the late afternoon. I was there for Hollywood Squares. I was there for. Fucking Bruce Valanche, I was Whoopi right Goldberg. I knew, I knew. <laughs> I, I, thought it was, knew I thought it was Raiders of the Lost Ark. My, no, my I was, you would think, you would think yeah. Raiders would be the one. But no, it was Red Dawn, I th- which I think was like a couple of years, eighty four. Yes. So, but I like Martin Mull. There's a lot of good comedy people in on this, and they just yeah. kind of let them have these moments because it's a very. I know this is from eighty five, but this feels very seventies. And, and a, yeah. a, a lot of that is they let shtick kind of just, you know, they, they don't overcrowd jokes. They let shtick kind of stand on its own. But also the incredibly regressive <laughs> sex politics going on in yeah. this film. Like, I don't think we can... I cringed a few times. like just, it's, but, it's very hard watching this in moments in 2019 eyes. Uh, I, I wrote down two butt grabs in the first half hour. Oh, oh God. yeah. Like, like and I was just like, minutes. come on, guys. You know, get it together. Yeah, he it's, definitely like. I mean, with the first butt grab with um, Christopher Lloyd's character, I definitely establishes like his like. Okay, you know, different people. I feel like he's specifically. I'm like, okay, I'm not meant to feel bad for this guy, but some of the other people, you're like, oh, maybe this and that and then, until later on. No, and it's cool because Miss Scarlet's. Oh, she's a she's a madam. Like it's it's fine, and she's, you know, the fact that she plays this off so casually it's supposed to like make it okay there's a very like i like that she's bitchy and doesn't like guys trying to mess with her yeah you kind of show that that her character is not just letting people walk over so yeah no it's it's a fucking business business. yeah Yeah. i enjoyed that and like don't get me wrong i think leslie ann warren's a very pretty lady in this film like but it's it's terrible to watch this because this takes you back to Again, John Landis yeah. being so heavily involved with this film, I you know it's this is like this puts me right in the middle of that like seventies raunch comedy era, like Animal Sex House yeah, yeah. or like nineteen forty one where like guys like sexually assaulting and attempting to rape women are like not only okay and just what boys so do, for laughs, but it's yeah. a joke. Yeah. That's the gag. That's the joke. They didn't like, do it too oh, much in Clue, this, but it does. No. It does happen. And it's yeah, yeah wandering. Yeah. yeah, Chris Lloyd's wandering hands and stuff, and it's, it's a little. Which Chris, Christopher Lloyd, not to take away from that, like I, I almost didn't recognize him. I, yeah, I it took like, me a while too. Uh, I felt like a lot of characters, um, uh, 
whoever played Miss Miss White, uh, I feel like oh, there we go. That's better. Yeah. I feel like um, Miss uh, what Matt TV Miss Swan. Um, I felt like I was kind of watching her, especially at the end when she kind of had her breakdown. Yeah. Very kind of similar looking, but then with Chris Lloyd, I felt I, I was looking at Frasier, like. I can see that, it, like, it, just straight up Frasier. Yeah, it's, there's a weird Alex Bornstein, Bornstein uh, guy, kind of, like, vaguely, you, you know, you know, ethnically ambiguous kind yeah. of, are you, guess you're trying to, yeah, kind of thing going on. The guy with the glasses kept reminding me of that guy in uh, Night of the Living Dead. They're coming for you, Barbara. For some reason, I just kept thinking of that character. So, fun story, Mr. Green, let me find it, is, uh, dun, 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 I just had it. Mr. Green is Michael McKean. Who uh, you would know? If, did you watch uh, Better Call Saul? Yeah, it's his brother, Chuck. Yeah, that's it's Chuck. The, Chuck. Wait, that, that guy's Chuck. That's Chuck. Wow, that's and cool. uh, and also uh, he's uh, he's the guitarist, um, Hubbins Saint Hubbins in um, uh, Spinal Tap. That's that same guy. <laughs> they got comedy heavyweights for this. Yeah, yeah, like, that's cool. That's great. Yeah, this 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 is an accomplished cast, and they just and again, you know, I. You'd said earlier that Clue's probably a pretty good vehicle to like uh, to work with because it's if just going to use a board game. At least that one's got a lot because of characters. It's very it's it's there's an implicit arc. It's very tropey. Everyone's playing broad characters, and you just and they cast good comedy people and just kind of let them let them go. Like again, you're doing the sloops the serps soup slurping scene three times fast. Soup slurping scene. Soup slurping scene. Soup slurping scene. And they just let them play, and it's great, and it's hilarious. And again, that whole bit, I was losing my shit because it's a gif online now where Madeline Kahn's, like, having this trouble. Like, she can't, in the third ending, where she's like, why'd she kill a vet? And she's like, flames, flames, flames on my face, and she can't get it out, and it's, it's, it, yeah. I lost my shit. That seemed, like, that felt very modern, the way that was written. It just seemed like, like a... I don't know. It was, it was very. Funny. It was all that was all ad lib. Yeah, she was just. Oh, like, yeah. oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. No, because the fact that she was, it was very clearly intentional that she couldn't have the words. But the fact that there were no words, like it again, that feels modern. Where you're like, you just, you can't even. It's, it's, you know, it's very good. That that hit very well. That held up extremely well. There are a lot of moments. I think this film does very strongly. But again, you're just kind of balancing it between. Oh boy, sex politics were really yeah. different in the mid eighties. So, so um, I think to kind of scoot the plot along, we, we basically have these people who, who don't know each other, who've been all given mysterious letters, invited to a dinner with a host who has not shown up, and everyone's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And it's a great opportunity for ex, uh, expositional dialogue. Which they get a lot of, and Tim yeah. Curry reveals, oh, you're all being blackmailed, which is not only, you're both victims, but you're also both criminals, and there's that interesting, yeah. like... You feel for them, but also don't feel too bad if they start, you know, falling off or do something terrible. Mm -hmm. And one by one, all their sins are laid bare, and you check it out, whatever. They're, again, there's a madam, a war profiteer, whatever. This guy working on a nuclear bomb. All kinds of stuff. Someone who slept with the, the psychiatrist who sleeps with uh, his, his patients. patients yeah. And, yeah, so everybody has something to hide. Uh, someone's a... Uh, works in Congress but is gay and doesn't want people to know. Yeah, another so, one of those so. very unfortunate, like... Well, he, he says he's not ashamed, though. 
and no one called, no one seems to think it's bad that he is. So except, except, for, except when Christopher, Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd immediately yeah. doesn't sit next to him. Oh wow, I didn't catch yeah, that. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, as soon as he sat like, down and he kind of sighed him yeah, and got him. Oh, yeah. that's unfortunate. So it's really you said he looks like Frazier. It's really weird to see that guy not old. Like, oh yeah, he was playing he, old man he in was the mid eighties. Yeah, he was like born old in my mind. You know? <laughs> he's just one that's of those Steve, guys. Steve he just Martin came out of the womb. Ah! Yeah. What do you Morning! call? It? What do you call it when you're a Benjamin Button, but you don't you don't ever start reverse aging? Christopher Lloyd. Exactly, Chris Lloyd. You're Chris Lloyding it. You're just a Lloyditis. Yeah. You're just an old man forever. Yeah. Uh, so they go through and they set this all up, and they're all at the dinner scene, and eventually. Mr. Body shows up, which, fun story, uh, Lee Ving, uh, lead singer of the band Fear. I don't know how much y'all know you're hardcore punk, but... No, I, I know that Fear uh, wrecked an SNL stage in, like, the early 80s. They, like, tried to sing a couple of songs, and people started moshing, and they, like... They just... They started. ended up... They had to cut the commercial in the oh, middle of, like, their second song. Yeah, that's outstanding. So yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. That guy was Fear, and then the singing telegram lady was one of the singers in the Go-Go's. So, you know, they oh, pulled... Wow. They pulled They pulled music people, too, for this. Like, it's, it's kind of an interesting collection. But Body shows them, and he's like, uh-huh, I'm blackmailing you, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the, the endings go to recontextualize and undo that thing. But the whole... <laughs> As in the board game, the the inciting incident of this film is Mr. Body has been murdered. Who did it? The light goes off. You hear thumps, a scuffle, a gun goes off, and the lights go on, and there's a corpse suddenly. Now, he gives them all murder weapons. He gives them all murder weapons. Now, why does he do that? Because they, they all have those murder weapons in the game. No, I mean, like, like what's Mr. His Body's motivation? Body like, what's he trying to do? It depends on what's ending, what you're talking well, about. Oh, right, right. Yeah, okay. His original, in the what we first see is he says, hey... You are all implicated uh, with your stuff. Oh yeah, but, kill, kill yeah. Wadsworth. Yeah, and kill I'll, him. Yeah. Which I not like thinking about now when when we find out kind of who he actually was. At, at first, I was like, well, he didn't seem like a, a butler type. Like the, the Mister Body didn't seem oh, like sure. a proper butler. But now thinking back, I'm like, oh, maybe he, maybe he just was overconfident and that okay, I've got my boss where I want him, like, yeah. and I'm going to get all these people to murder him. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get a little, uh, I think part of what helps is that you don't see him act and look and, like, be that greasy, you fucking California hardcore punk guy that he was for, like, 45 an hour. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're not a butler. Oh, but by the time we it's revealed he's the secret butler, you kind of forget. Yeah. So they go through and Body's murdered, and uh, what continues is really, uh, a lot of the pleasure of this film is watching these people pair off and get up to comedy hijinks so I will spare a lot of it also because I didn't write it down because hey, well, there's so much of it very, yeah there's a, <clears throat> just so much in the way of uh, twists and turns but basically comedy hijinks ensue um, and who's the first one to get murdered besides the body they draw yeah, lots cook. to pair off they find the, the cook yeah oh, no the cook, cook the gets cook, murdered yeah. so he's in the, in the uh, meat freezer few unnecessary fat jokes at yeah. her expense do they? Well, I I thought it was a little silly to kind of be like, look how heavy she is when they're dragging her bottom. I'm like, all right. I'm well, just... see again, this is the yeah. the politics of the moment. I, yeah, of the time. Again, yeah. and this is you've got to split hairs on this because it's like, it's not, it's not funny that she's fat, but it's funny that like 
they just leave her body in in, in the way. Yeah, they, they, like yeah. just the fact that it happens to be larger. Like it would be funny There's if they a dropped of, a skinny lady right in the middle and just get insisted on stepping over her. There is a lot of comedy with like mistreating corpses. Yeah, by, yeah, by the end, corpses of it. just falling and being yeah. pushed yeah, aside. Yeah, just put it there, and then they pretend to make out with them. Oh, yeah. that was creepy. That was kind of necrophilia. A little um, bit, just, but just it like. Is. Well, like first base necrophilia. <laughs> well, she wasn't even really like, yeah. The the, the by the, I did enjoy by the end of it. What the last body? They're like, eh, what? They, they just it, get tired it, of know? seeing bodies. Yeah. They just are like, oh, okay, here's another one. Which again is again these these are funny. It's very dark. These are it's very yeah. This is a just one of the dirt blackest comedies you know. But it's 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 a it's a funny trope as the corpses keep piling you like invariably start getting kind of inured to it so it's like yeah whatever that's the sixth the sixth murder we've had tonight okay very quickly desensitized to it so they kill the cook and drag her with yes with some like oh boy she's real heavy although it is funny that that colonel mustard makes the ladies pick it up i think that's yeah like i that's not even a a fat thing like it could have been they could have been struggling with that was kind of amusing it is just funny to me to see people struggling to carry a dead body it's just so grimly darkly funny yeah yeah so i did i did find that amusing that's basically one of the axes which in a dark comedy turns like i i I mean that's a fundamental scene in little miss sunshine yeah you know getting rid of the corpse yeah Yeah. so there's a whole it's it's you know well I i think there's a taboo to like when I, I say, when I say molesting, I don't mean like sexual. But yeah, when yeah. You're like disturb a corpse, molest the molestation. Yeah, yeah. We'll use the dictionary uh, definition right. of molest this time. I mean, maybe it's not the right word, but you know, just just uh, there's like a taboo to like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like that's a body. Yeah. You know, and and it's being mistreated. It's being tossed around. It's being pushed aside. There is something very like almost visceral without being bloody if you know what i mean like it's, yeah yeah very little blood in this movie very little. for for how insanely violent it is yeah. it's not much blood at all but it's a very cartoon stereo stereo yeah. sterilized violence you know what i mean like yeah. you don't you don't you only in the like denouement revelations do you see people get hit with things and it's always very clearly cut, cut. like a, yep. like a split second too late you see people like pulling their punt like when the when the when the cop almost you know gets his head bashed in you see yeah. you see them like stop their hand i'm really glad david cronenberg didn't direct this because yeah. <laughs> then like the telegram girl just have her jaw blown off or blown something off. yeah <laughs> well i like i mean the the quick cutaway they could have even done i i think it might have been funnier maybe earn that wait did we determine this was after pg-13 this movie yeah, yeah like, maybe, it was one year after the rating had been established maybe so they were still figuring out where to yeah go. maybe you know, just it's good. It's PG, wider audience, but I, I think it might have even been funnier if, like, you know, with a candlestick or whatever. Because I'm sure you, definitely you could kill somebody, but like you see the quick cut, and then the next scene, just like somebody just soaked in blood from just hitting somebody with a candlestick, or just like something ridiculous like that. If you're gonna go in that direction, I'm kind of getting like uh, being reminded of Death Becomes Her. Yeah, Zemeckis film from about a few years after this. You know, I haven't. Yeah. I've never seen that through, but only that. Only the ending, where like they're you know falling down it's and like, her neck's broken and yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's the, the, the. I've never seen that film except that part, and it will never leave me. There's it not traumatized me as a child. There's not much actual gore, but but like gruesome things happen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just remind. It's the, the tone is similar, yeah. but it's again it's that yeah. very that's very eighties black comedy in yeah. that way. 
So they go through, and then the cook's been murdered, and then they have the wanderer guy who comes up to want to use the phone. And of course, the the whole the whole crowd's kind of working together and kind of panicking to try to guide him through. Um, Why did they even let that guy in to use the phone? They should have just been like, "I hey, don't phones don't work. You, yeah, gotta, you just need to get out of here, man. You got to escalate, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So they they lock him in the lounge. Oh boy, what else? Um, so he gets. They lock him in the lounge, and then they pair off to go investigate. And then while they're investigating, he gets murdered. This 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 driver. This uh. Well, making the world's longest phone call. Yeah. And well, yeah, I think that's a good thing because uh, I think this was a criticism of the time, but the the middle drags a little, just a tiny bit in this because it's. I I I enjoyed the movie. I thought I honestly thought it was like a two hour film, maybe two fifteen, but it, it, it wasn't that long, right? It was, I don't. We kind of see. I can look it up. Hold I on. got just a little tired of it. Not not because I wasn't enjoying it. It's like I was getting exhausted. So no, it's I'm not. Just... It's, it is a brisk ninety-six minutes. <laughs> oh my god! And it, yeah, and, it, and it feels and, yeah. you feel every one of those ninety-six minutes. And, and so it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's, it's not, exhausting. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not in like it's a bad, boring sort of way. It's just it, there's. It's so densely packed. Most nothing's of the time. wasted. It's kind of a brain burn. Well, there's, there's not a single scene. It's like unnecessary. Especially right? yeah, especially with a like a murder mystery, you you kind of have to cling on everything, or else you might miss something. So I think yes, very intentional on that part. But it it was uh, again, I enjoyed it, but it was almost kind of a tough. 96 minutes to sit through. Yeah, because especially it, it has the bit at the end where they do oh, have... The, end, the oh, three yeah. endings yeah. almost did me, and I was <laughs> like, ah, this movie needs to end, yeah. like, really soon. Which which is why I think they packed all of those endings with Tim Curry just Tim currying the shit out of yeah, it. I, yeah, I wrote down... I did um, enjoy that. I wrote down that uh, Miss Peacock originally, like, uh, the her actress, like, the I thought was the best performance. Yeah. I, I thought she played her, that kind of character really well and then tim curry tim curry did at the end and won my heart with that but yeah that had to that had to happen i think him hyping everything up kind which of which exciting. again that was only the home video you only saw one of those in theaters so i think that yeah. you you take off oh god what are those endings together 12 minutes you know you take off that 12 15 minutes that the other two endings add it's you know a brisk eighty five or whatever, and that feels you know good because it's a breezy, fun comedy packed full of laughs and just enough of like, wait, who did what? Huh? You lose it, you lose the plot just in time for them to fully explain what happens. So like you get just enough of that disconnect to have that humor and that that sense of like, oh, I get it. It was satisfying. Yeah, it's very I, satisfying. I like a good who done it. I don't. I don't know. I've discovered recently that I, because I, I, I don't know. I don't remember what I was watching, but uh, I, I was watching the people figure out the mystery and, and whatever yeah. it was. And I was like, man, I really like that. I love watching people slowly put together what happened, even if, regardless of whether I, as the audience member, have already figured it out. Mm. It's it's something's weirdly satisfying about seeing the pieces come together. Mm -hmm. Was it? And this movie really delivered on that. Was it Scooby Doo? That uh, you were watching? Yeah, a, a twenty-two minute mystery. Scooby it's one of the it's one of the two new characters I introduce every episode. It's the, it's the new it's the newest reboot of Scooby Doo. <laughs> Whatever the, that is, whoever the I think there's two is. right now. They're, yeah, they're working on another movie too of Scooby Doo. Live action? No, animated. It looks, okay, I, so the characters look good, but I, I don't. Know. Uh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I was like. Who do you even cast? 
but you can, yeah, it's fine. You could, voice is fine. Because you can still get Freddie Prinze and Sarah Michelle Gellar, and you could get these people, you know, to voice cast that. Gilbert Gottfried as Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. And it's a flawless impersonation, and you never knew he had it in him. He was doing it for the last five years. Yeah, no, he's been working on it already, yeah. Because, I mean, when you lost the, you lost the, uh, oh, what was it, the, what was he, a parrot? What was the one where he joked about the Japanese hurricane? Oh, Affleck. Affleck yeah. Duck, that's yeah. what it was. What kind of fucking obnoxious bird was... Oh, he played two. How many birds has he played in his career? That might just be two. Yeah. Two too many, that's yeah. what. What else has he done in his career? He no, was so the so principal in the problem shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, hey, it's a Yago. Oh, jeez. Oh god, what else? Uh, so they're wandering around stuff. The, the 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 stranded motorist comes up, gets goes into the lounge, needs to use the phone, gets killed. Uh, more shenanigans, hijinks ensue, and eventually an officer comes up. Uh, and again, the same thing. And there's more like we'll send him into the stead. Oh no, we can't do it. send him to the lounge. Oh no no no, hold on. And then they lock him in the library with the phone and stuff there. And again, they're just they're they're throwing more people. Into this pressure cooker to get murdered, and it's again. This is this is a very classic comedy. Like we have to keep escalating the situation, just add that pile of bodies, and it gets more ridiculous. And the comedy starts building. And the officer is black, but was not the first to be. Killed. I almost wrote that down too. I was very surprised. I, I at least appreciated that that he was like the middle death because he <laughs> showed up an hour into the film. No, no. <laughs> right, right. No, did, he did die very quickly after he showed up. Did, uh, you, did you feel that the uh, the, I guess, the quote-unquote hero of this movie, when the officer first showed up and he opened the door and closed it, I thought that might have been, like, a little bit of racism humor in it because they figured that it was going to be the police officer and he opened it and then, like, closed it and then reopened it. But I didn't know... Oh, that's, like, as if to say, like, oh, that's nobody important. Well, no, no, more of just, like, oh, a black man showed up at my doorstep. You know, I'm scared. Yeah, that's what I I kind of thought thought about that. I thought about that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's just... I thought maybe it was a double take, like, ah, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I don't know. That could have just been... I mean, I I don't know if that's an invalid reading. I, I don't... I, I don't think... Okay. I don't think these, these this movie's problems is race relations, a bunch of sex Sexual, relations. Yeah, yeah definitely. But again, your point. That's the only black character in this yeah, film. I, yeah. Uh, and then they make the other joke about the, the black car, but I, I don't think... Yeah, uh, yeah, Chris Chris Lloyd when he was making out with um, what's her name when he was the cop was going around checking on everybody and they were making out with the dead people. Uh, he said, "Oh, the guy's he's drunk." Oh, he was. Oh, the joke, yeah. oh, well, the joke was he's getting him a hearse. Yeah, but he but he said, "I'm going to get him a black car." Well, because hearses are black. Yeah, I know, but but then mm. she kind of like gave him a slap because, because she was going to give. Well, because it was. No, uh, I felt I, like it was a black. Okay, joke, well, okay, maybe. Well, okay, that might be straight. All right, it, maybe. All right, uh, Josh, I don't see color. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I just okay. So I took this. I was, I guess, I had a very generous interpretation of both of these. <laughs> I took it like this is the third guy that showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't. We just look and we see that it's the cop, and there's corpses everywhere, and we can't handle this. So it was a double take like that. Okay, but. And then I was just, I thought he was just referencing a hearse for the black car. Okay. And he slapped him, and it was like, that's why she covered with the limousine, not a hearse. But, uh, uh, but see, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, again, yeah. that's, that's something to consider. Um, God, what else? 
Cobb comes in. Oh, and they get the phone call from J. Edgar Hoover. So they are filling in plots not part of the original Which movie. is my second favorite character in the whole movie. J. Edgar Hoover? He keeps just getting referenced all the time. <laughs> and, I mean, once that happens, we're kind of running near the end game here as we kind of talked. Um, there's more antics. The cop gets murdered. Um, God, is there anything else really before then? That's like the, that, the last like major like thing you can plant like your memory in before more shenanigans happen. When does a vet get murdered? Just after this, I, th- I guess a vet yeah. would be the last yeah, one. The last okay, so no, there's the yeah, no, that's right. Made. That's yeah. right. Yeah, a vet gets murdered in the dark. You know, she gets She's, the noose around yeah. her neck, and then sorry, I'm an idiot. The singing telegram, which is a very good gag. Yeah, it's like she just shows up for like three seconds, like all joyful singing. Yes. And then just immediately gunned down. Which again, again, let's just point out that yes, this is this is a funny gag. Cause like I think you could put that you can put a dude in that role and it would be hilarious, or you can yeah. put a big fat guy or a, 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 you know, as McCool getting know. murdered and they're struggling with him. I think these jokes all could work with men, but the fact that they were women is something to, you know, possibly well, keep the, in mind. There there's kind of a I guess I don't know if I if this is just me speaking as a male, but I think that there's a vulnerability factor in, in it being a woman as doing the singing telegram, and that that there's something almost funny about like that that's a I don't know like like that that's more vulnerable. Of, I'm not even sure what I mean. I'm just I'm well, no. To, I mean, I guess I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's like it's such. It's supposed to be maximum jarring, and it's like it's yeah. just this 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 lady comes up and it's well, this cute singing television. Yeah, a really sweet young and girl. And it's this funny, you know, this funny interlude, and then they just get blasted with no like without yeah. any sort of incident. I feel like that joke is also like very much a joke of that time because. I mean, whoever gets a singing telegram anymore? So I feel like maybe that was well, in '54 people yeah, were yeah, and I feel like and maybe yeah. towards the end of the '80s it. it that's when it died. I'm not sure. It's a, no, that's very. That's also very 80s because it's again. It's very much Indiana Jones because it's like this whole ordeal in the setup, and he just like, pow, yeah, pow. shoots yeah. him. Apparently, Which again, it's a that's a class. That's a timeless yeah. gag. I think you could make that work today. He was apparently sick that day. Oh yeah, no, he's fucked with yeah. any um, kind of like you know. Yeah. Choreography. Oh, let's just have me shoot him. Yeah. No, that's, I, I like quick gags like that where 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 you think that. That that's going somewhere, and she actually did play a part, like like in one of the endings. Or yeah, I'm glad that she at least made sense instead of. But but I like that it was so brief. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Although it, I mean, it probably would have been funny even if she didn't have anything. Like they could have said, "Well, what about her?" And they're like, "Oh, she was just an unfortunate casualty, <laughs> just a red herring." Yeah, communism. Was communism. Red communism. Red communism was a red herring. That yeah, I, I was watching. You ever seen uh, uh, Car Fifty Four? You ever heard of that show? Jesus, like, is that was that was is that? Are are you watching me TV at all times of the night? Because <laughs> I'm only there for Sven Gulli, if I'm being honest. I saw an episode of that where, like, it it was very like pro capitalist, anti communism, and it was just so funny to me how like it it was just odd to just see it like laid down so thick, and I and I got a a similar sentiment uh, from from this film where like they kind of repeatedly. Um, reference to that, and then I think it's Chris Lloyd's character talks about his wife being a socialist, and no, that was a Tim Curry. Oh, yeah, and he's like crying about it. Yeah, and I just, I just, uh, I was trying to think, like, well, what's the angle here? Are they making fun of the communist scare of the fifties, or are they actually like 
is this like a pro-capitalist message? I you wasn't know, sure what their angle you was. You know, it's weird because the 80s had that weird 50s throwback so, in the to, to like McCarthyism? Yeah. Well, yeah. it did not... Yeah, kind of, actually. It was... Oh well, yeah, there was still the there was still yeah okay so yes yeah it's kind of weird to consider growing up in a post you know Soviet bloc world for my whole life but or what when the ninety one whatever point is yeah there was that and you know communist paranoia but like culturally you, there was like a lot of throwback kind of in that era as yeah. well you know because you're kind of all kind American of, it's it, it's sort of yeah. about a thirty year about a generation kind of rediscovers the last generation's thing and it sort yeah. of comes back. Because, like, we're kind of in the throes of a lot of 90s kickbacks currently, and it's, you know, 2020, so it's kind of in that thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's some commentary on that, because aside from some plot contrivances of, oh, they're all in D.C., so what was the boogeyman of D.C. at the time? And it was, you know, McCarthy, so there's there's that. But that's sort of... And then they're kind of all pointing out that these people are all... Uh, you know, political crooks. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, those crimes could have been anything, but they're all political yeah. crooks, and communism was the red herring, and J. Edgar Hoover, so I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, so maybe there wasn't a message, but but I was just trying to... I know, it's interesting. ...use my very limited, you know, political knowledge to kind of figure out, hmm, are they trying to say something? I or guess just, what's interesting yeah. about... What's interesting about the game is that it's, set, it's not, like... You're in a Victorian era house, and like I'm sure each different edition of the game has like more modern art, like di like the characters are like stylized to look differently. But nothing about the mechanics of the game, or even the story outside of all the mentions of Hoover and McCarthy, sets it in any particular era. You're in a spooky old house that could be, you know, yeah. today. Even. Yeah, this definitely seems like at any moment somebody could announce, oh, they're remaking it, and it would. Yeah, and you could definitely write it for today. Yeah, even if yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah. No, so it's it's. I don't know. I thought it was a hoot. So what? what let's make sure we covered all the six murders: body, Yvette, the telegram, the cop, the, the pedestrian, the pedestrian who came in to use the phone. What's the sixth one? That's what I'm forgetting. I mean, are there six? There were six. We talked ah, about six. The cook. The cook. Oh, the cook. Yeah. The cook. We got the cook. Yeah. So it's six bodies. Everyone's dead. We found this. We found Yvette, and then the Telegram girl, and then that's about when the endings kick in, and they go through Tim Curry. Tim Curry's all over the place, and he's running around, and he recounts the whole film's events, and then I, I'm just blown away by the meticulousness of the writing. I just kept thinking as the movie progressed, my God, the right just the how airtight it had to be so that everything worked out. I wonder out. how many pages, too, like, because, you know, they say, like, a minute a page, but it, it yeah, felt like there's so just so fucking much. much yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of, like, a lot of those moments where, again, yeah, Tim Curry's out there, and they have this intricate patter back and forth. Yeah. Like, like, when he's re-explaining it, I was like, oh, my God, now they have to, like, go over everything again. And I was, I just... It, it, do, you, do you ever find yourself so in awe by the brilliance of the writing that it starts to stress you out? Yeah, well, you even said, you're like, it's getting tense right now. And I felt the same way. I thought, you know, this needs to, like, this this needs to hurry up and end because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can take any more yeah. of this. Like, it, well, it's, 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 it's tense. Too much of a good thing, you I know, guess. It's tense <laughs> in the beginning because everyone's, like, intentionally, you know, yeah, doing who are it. We, who are you? Yeah. And then they do they do break that with, like, the comedy slurping and stuff. But then, yeah. then it goes tense at the end where it's like, okay, but the pendulum has since swung the other it's way. Like, and there's oh, too much like, comedy. What the hell is I can't, like, this is... 
yeah, like you're like you, my anxiety starts peaking, and it's like, okay, guys, it's going a little too fast. Let's get this wrapped up. Jeez. There was one bit of slapstick that felt weird to me. No. I don't know why, but the chandelier gags like didn't work for me. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, I almost got hit by the chandelier, but I then I didn't, and I was like, I, I guess that's okay. And then like they they bookend it with that and. I was like, that's fine, I guess. It was the only thing that felt off to me. You would expect more animation, I think, is the issue. Like, well, Maybe they're expecting a bigger crash, or I don't know. Maybe I mean, the, a, the, pay, the, the fact that the payoff is the guy going, like, oh, it didn't hit me, you know, like, ah, okay. You, uh, yeah. I, I, you would expect, like, like I don't know if Martin Mole's, like, you know, he's a little more of a, he's playing, like, this stodgy, kind of dumb, kind of dense man. Yeah. Maybe and, like, he's like, oh, I can't, my ulcer or something like that, or, oh, yeah. my heart. Man. Yeah, you'd expect something a little more animated out of him, but he's, like, he, like. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one chandelier was kind of, okay, like, not the best joke, but when they ended it on the same kind of that when well, he should have shit himself or something exactly and then everybody, yeah. and then everybody or, 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 snips or yeah. taking a pratfall like if he had fallen like that's something yeah. if there's something dramatic or like or if, maybe you know they that's how tim curry dies it, or, yeah yeah, he gets, yeah his death was kind of whatever yeah i think we've seen uh, we've seen chandeliers get escalated so much throughout cinema history where like they fall in the middle of people, and just how it's constructed is what spares them from getting crushed. Maybe in 1985, you know, chandelier humor was like embryonic. Yeah, they, you know, or, the, the state of the art was not nearly so advanced as it is nowadays. Well, they were all the other thing is they were all grouped together at the end, being surrounded by the police. Maybe the chandelier falls on all of them, or something like that. Like, yeah, just, I, I mean, that's know. at least that's appropriately like uh, what's the word un. Uh, flippant with human life if they all get crushed at the end yeah. that's you know again well, and that's also the like that could have been a terrible joke to end on but then they ended on an even worse joke i'm yeah. gonna go fuck my yeah. wife because i'm i said i was a fruit earlier but guys i'm totally not i'm not i'm not i'm i'm gonna go love my wife wink he almost kind of looked in the camera too that got a little fourth wally yeah i Again, dumb joke. again, that's that's <laughs> very of the era of like, haha, I was never gay. They should have just stuck with it and said, I'm gonna I, go fuck my husband. Yeah, that would have been way funnier yeah. to actually have, have, have stuck with that character trait. Which again, we're but we're talking about seventies yeah. college guys, that seventies yeah. college mentality animal yeah. house where yeah. it's it was not cool to be Did gay. Did you say animal planet? I said animal house. <laughs> okay, I, I thought I heard planet. I yeah, that like, animal planet. What am I you missing know? on that? Yeah. National Lampoon's Animal Planet. Yeah. Oh my god, you're blowing my mind here. I like the concept of that joke in that you you in this interest of like you're being so flippant with the rules of the genre with the with the with the sanctity of life, like taking a final like table flip of what you know, a long established uh plot point I think is funny. Like, I think conceptually, there's something in that joke. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's the fact that, haha, I was never gay. And it's like, uh, you he know, what? He could have even yeah. not gendered it. He could have been like, or he, I don't know, maybe a call and they're like, oh, or just saying, like, yeah. I got to go home to my honey or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I it mean, just, it just, there's, there's definitely a better way to, to, to do that. I, joke. I, I like the shape of the idea, but something yeah. in, the, in the specific content well, it, does it, not hold up in 2019. Would, would that have raised it to then PG 13? Because I thought the that, and then this is the first time I, in a very long time that I've seen a movie, even though they didn't make fun of Christianity, like that, the, the secret agent or whatever being 
you know, somebody Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like that held up. Like, I thought that was funny, and I'm like, oh, you don't really see that anymore. You don't. <laughs> no, and, that's yeah. also very of the time. And, and again, like, would again, would that now be a different rating for I don't know, off color humor or I, I don't know. You just, I'd you probably know. be even more anti Christian now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, like it's, they'd lay it on even thicker. In that well, joke. I, I don't know or how. Or alternatively, if it's the same writers and they rewrite it now, is it like a, you know, different religion instead? How many Scientology? People, yeah. How many people go door to door now? Is I guess my question. Yeah. Because how much of that is still, still a, a thing? thing? I mean, Mormons and I see them once in a while. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I mean, I don't have a judge because I grew up not too far from a, a tabernacle, so like mm-hmm. we did, we would get like. Uh, um, fucking not witnesses. What were they? I can't remember. Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, we yeah. would get Jehovah's Witnesses come pretty regularly, and like my dad being the you know the fucking oh, I almost went to seminary, and he likes talking about theological stuff because he's a whole fucking pedant. Um, would go out and talk with them constantly, so I got used to seeing like oh people coming through trying to get Kingdom of Heaven. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, thanks. No, bye, bye. I just don't know how much of that's a thing. Like, I lived it and I saw it on cartoons, so obviously it's in the world, but I don't know if that's... The closest thing that I encountered was uh, was in Deep Ellum, which, you know, kind of... Which um, needs Jesus a lot. Oh, yeah, everywhere. And there were some Hare Krishnas that were just walking around, like, dancing, and I started, like, following them and dancing with them. And these three Christians just, like, stopped me and my friends... And talked to us for half an hour about, like, how wrong we were for, like, doing that. And it was kind of a funny moment where I was like, oh, I guess these guys are still around. <laughs> Telling me what to do. Well. You know, from a religious perspective. It was, it, it was the closest thing. So I guess there's it's still a thing. You still are in Texas. I hate yeah. to tell you. Like, it's Dallas. Well, yeah, we got Hare Krishnas. But, but it's Dallas. Yeah, well, people are going <laughs> to lecture you, no matter what you do, because it's still Dallas. Speaking of weird, like, religious things uh, that happen just in current times, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in uh, Oklahoma visiting a friend that I had for a long time, and we went to a Oklahoma OKC Thunder game. And yeah. It was, on, it was on New Year's Eve, and as the game was starting... Uh, they were doing the announcements and then all of a sudden people like bowed their heads in the entire stadium and somebody like prayed before the game. It was really weird. It was, but I, I didn't know what was happening. I thought something like, I don't know if it was like for a soldier or like, because you know, they do know. Uh, oh, yeah. it's just for the game. Yeah. It's, 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 it was it's literally, Oklahoma. it was literally for the game. I, and I told my friend, I was like, what, what's, what's happening? It's Oklahoma, man. Like, this, where do you think you are right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, this, this is, is bizarre. Yeah. God, it's weird. Um, Anyway, Clue. Clue. Back to Clue now. Clue's a movie. Clue is a movie. Um, if we've got any, anything else anyone wants to chip in here, because we're, I mean, we've covered it all. We've talked about the three endings. So did you guys know going into it what, who did it, I guess, or who? I knew the endings. Okay. Yeah, I'd seen, uh, I'd seen I, the last leg of this before. I think I tried to, re- I, I remember thinking Miss Peacock might have been, I, I okay. I went in thinking that only one person mm-hmm. was going to get murdered, yeah. and that we were going to have to figure out that one person. I didn't realize there were going to be several, but I remember thinking maybe Miss Peacock or maybe the guy with the glasses. I thought I definitely. I remember hearing because uh, uh, Alamo plays this movie all the time. Yeah, it seems like a real. Yeah, it's a cult. Um, and you know, it's they get actors and stuff out there, but I I 
felt like I heard that the butler did it, but I also thought I heard that the maid did it. And it was just, and I'm glad that it turned out to be just layers and layers of different. That people. it wasn't obvious, yeah. really, no matter who you pick. Yeah, which it, again yeah. is, again, they're being, they're playing very deconstructionist with the idea of a lot of these things. Because they'll give you some of these endings where somebody no. did it, but like, yeah, the butler does it because he was the bad guy the whole time. But he only killed one person because they all, everyone killed somebody. Now, now is this kind of peddled as a family movie? I don't think Because it seems so. a little too raunchy and dark to like, to me, this seems more like young adults and up. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't, I don't see be, like seven-year-olds really. It's got to be. Know. <laughs> I think it could have definitely done a PG-13 because I'm trying to think back. You guys said that you'd never played the game before or, or you might have. You just. Yeah, it's been, yeah. If I have, it's I don't been remember. Many years. I remember playing it with, um, you know, growing up, but it wasn't really until I was maybe like 12 or something. And because, you know, you're. One, I don't know if my attention span for board games wasn't that great, but, you know, murdering and trying to figure things out, like, I felt like there's a level of thought that you had to have, or at least be... Yeah, I, w I would say if you're looking at adapting the source material, like, murder mysteries are a fairly, like, common thing. That's not something you show to, like, little kids, but, like, once you get to a certain age, like, I think you can process the idea of... Why didn't they make the, uh, the first board game movie, Mystery Date? Oh, I know. <laughs> That's a mystery, mystery too. Yeah. Who, who is it going to be? Are you going to get the dud? Who. It's just guess who and you're just, you, you know. Is you, it going to be the, the sexy high school jock? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the, the film adaptation of guess who and you've got the little <laughs> thing that you play along in your life and they're saying, the, film, the film's asking you, is it someone with glasses? And you're like, no. And then the, you know, the things pop up and get knocked down. Um, I think this is before... Okay, I have to feel like before PG-13s, we had less, like, nuanced film advertisements. Because it's a kid's movie, it's a grown-ups movie, or it's a movie. Well, the Howard the Duck movie is, like, PG, and there's some straight-up, like, duck nipples. Yeah, again, you this know? is... So, I, 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 I guess PG. it was just a different time. But that was, what, part of the 80s? So was that earlier, or... 84? 85, I think, hold on. Well, see, duck nipples aren't human nipples, so it's fine. Male presenting. Dog. I don't know. Male to me, it's kind of like dog. Jessica Rabbit. Like she's not nude in the movie, but that's maybe not for little little kids. So let's let's. But if you look at the sexual stuff, eighty six, okay. eighty six is when Howard the Duck came out, so and, we, and it is PG. Okay, we can all watch Clue and recognize. But that's also George Lucas, right? He did he did Howard the Duck. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and he's a horny dude. So. He's a well, you know, is he? I guess. Oh, he he's. Never thought about that. Never thought about George Lucas's libido. So fill me in. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's the whole Carrie Fisher. Would Carrie say. Fisher, Slave Leia, really? Slave Leia, but, uh, okay. But yeah. also, she said that uh, I guess in the first one, he goes, "Oh, women don't wear bras in space," or some some crazy. Oh, shit so he like just that. had to run around. And yeah, make, oh, and geez. she's like, this, "This motherfucker, this fucking son of a bitch." It's Hollywood. What are you gonna do? Um, uh. I would say that we all watching Clue as 30-somethings can, like, catch even the subtle sex stuff. Where, like, oh, they're running around, and boy, howdy, that's a plunging neckline. And goddamn, that's a push-up bra. And, like, oh, he's grabbing her butt. That's not stuff you cotton on to as a kid. Because, like, the yeah. obvious cutaways, like, people taking sidelong glances at their chest is, like, pretty quick. And, like, the cutaway where he's trying to grab her ass, also pretty quick. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of... Uh, these are jokes for parents that kids won't get. Which, by the way, who do you think was the worst 
offender of, of all the the people being blackmailed? Like, who do you think's crime? I mean, so I feel crimes like, were the worst. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like the um, the person who didn't deserve it was the uh, the madame because you know. Yeah, decriminalized sex work. Yeah, yeah, that's just sex work. Yeah, yeah. that's not really that big of a deal. Again, that's a lot of things, really immoral innately. Except you'll notice she actually was like a spy and a blackmailer because she was also mm. getting me. Involved. Oh, yeah. So, so depending on which ending, she was just a humble madam versus mm. you know. You know, dealing in DC's dirty laundry. I guess the guy working on the fusion bomb would probably, uh, I mean, that's my, probably my hippy dippy part coming in, but that, well, that was fake though. Was that the, oh, that was fake? Was no, that... he was a war profiteer in the real ending. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the war profiteering is probably well, that seems pretty bad, especially because he said, and that was, I mean, the, I don't the know. fusion bomb <laughs> was kind of like, well, he's an idiot the whole time. Is he like, yeah. a, is he like a, you know, is he smart in one way and dumb in another way? But I felt that um, the uh, I felt like uh, Chris Lloyd slash Fraser yeah. Fraser like he was the worst at abusing it. Yeah. yeah, and then also just, just like the just whole because movie. of the the, the kind of like like overstepping. Yeah, and, I mean the ass grabbing and the and just like from the get. Oh, that's okay. worse than working on a fusion bomb. Well, well, but but he never did work on a fusion bomb. I oh, guess right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. is yeah. that true? Was that just a cover? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. See already, like this is it worse than war profiteering. Yeah, I, I guess. guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I want to say I, I watched a couple of seasons of Entreatment here, and there's a there's questions you could put about like what's it's a yeah. different film, but like about like oh what's the line between you know therapist or doctor and things. So mm, you know maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I don't know, maybe it's one of them because, like, oh, she murdered her husband. Well, I guess it's because, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, you know, yeah, you murder killer. your husband. That's, None of them are kind of bad. No one's likable. I, I, yeah, I Except like, the madam. Oh, yeah. no, no, but she has double crossing. So. I think maybe true. because we just kept seeing him yeah. do it, we didn't really see much of anything else. I think I think he felt so gross because that was so relatable in the media. Exactly. Like, right like, now, yeah. like you really see, you, you directly see his, uh, I don't think his actions. I don't think you're supposed to look at Professor Plum as, as askance as other people. Again, just judging yeah. by the sex politics at mm -hmm. the time. Like, oh, boys will be boys. I feel like there's a heavy dose of that that the film assumes you're going to put on it. Like, I'm wondering yeah. if that was, like, him grabbing ass was, like, maybe more played as a joke of, like... A death Yeah. No, yeah, it no, was supposed it, to be like like silly that he was doing yeah, it, rather no, than like gross. Yeah, is, yeah seen, because when he got paired with the old woman, older woman, she wasn't even that old. With Miss Peacock? Yeah. Yeah, but, seen, yeah. yeah. And he was like, whoa. Close, close to his age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, they play her as this sexless old hag. It's mm. this whole... Yeah, no, having but, seen a lot of the yeah. other of John Landis's oeuvre, it, it's, it's ass-grabbing is a joke. I see. What else has he done? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. um, American Werewolf in London or Paris. Mm, I know of that one. Uh, he killed somebody. Grabbed the werewolf's ass. Uh, no <laughs> one kills a. He killed a man with a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twilight. Yeah, they all died on the Twilight Zone. Oh God. Yeah, that's right. That's terrible. Yeah, no, I, it was, that was yeah. like on Faces of Death or something. It's pretty fucked up. Oh man, Three Amigos. Uh, boy, American Werewolf in London. Paris is the more recent one. Sorry. Yeah, it's a whole whole thing. Um, yeah, so um, I guess we've exhausted. But despite that, I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, I think you go in understanding you're watching a film from 1985. You've got to judge on that that yeah. curve. Um, 
but you know, overall, I think there's a lot to be said in this. And I think since we're we're transitioning into reviews, we'll revi- remind people of our rating system here at Frame and Perfect. It's a it doesn't apply here in the board game sense, but we rev- we rate movies how the ESRB rates games in reverse, basically. Uh, you will, you will, you, we have um, because this was set before 1994. We will use the designation of kids to adults, but there are four. <laughs> Four ratings we can list this film. E K to A for kids to adults. Um, like most accessible. Most accessible. T for teen and for mature. And AO for adults only. Obviously, the lower age rating, more people should see this film. It's a better film in your estimation. So, uh, I mean, I'll start. You know, I'm talking here. Uh, I think this is, you know, you have to kind of take the, you have to take the unfortunate artifacts of, uh, you know, politics what they were at the time but overall i think there's a lot of good comedy in this film and watching a lot of good comedians doing good comedy work with some pretty tight writing and you get to watch you know tim curry in his prime running around being a goofy englishman just fucking 90 miles an hour uh, a lot of great deadpan good improv and it's it's a pretty funny spoof on a lot of mystery tropes that you know as, as a teenager, I've read just a fuck ton of Agatha Christie. I just love mysteries as like a format, as a formula, as a genre, as a whole narrative structure. So there's a lot in this film I enjoy. So I think I'm going to give this an E. You know, I think this is a pretty, pretty solid, you know, watch all the way around. I think this is E for everybody. I was, I immediately thought T for Teen because I think that you have to be able to appreciate narrative density like a little more than a typical movie you have to pay more attention and you have to really appreciate how intricate all the moving parts are and i don't i don't think that that's a general audience's sort of thing because most movies are not nearly that involved but you know so i say t for teen it had a curry at his curriest and it was just it was nicely shot, really well lit. I, I, I liked the music. I thought the music was so appropriately silly. Like yeah. every, everything about production and costumes and the writing and the editing, like it just is a solid movie, but it's a little too dense for general audiences. Matt? I would agree. I, I agree with you. I think it's it I, I think and it everybody could see it. It's definitely one of those Kind of like how like Smash Brothers is rated T just for cartoon sure, audience, yeah. uh, but most people who play it, I would say, is everybody of all yeah. ages. Um, I I think it definitely, especially with um, some of the bigger jokes, whether they're funny or not, I think you definitely have to like to understand fully the characters. You kind of have to be maybe twelve to older, um, thirteen in, in that range. I think T is definitely a, a good rating for that. A question was this before or after Rocky Horror? Like, oh, this would have been after, after, right? Yeah, yeah. it did. I, you know, that's a good, that's an interesting vibe. Okay, yeah, I can see that because there's kind of a lot of. I felt like uh, not just because it was Tim Curry. I kind of felt you know some of the humor was sort of similar. Yeah, to that. Um, But I I would say definitely T for Teen. Yeah, no, it's fair. I think I get it. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a bad it's choice it's again. It's a weird niche film yeah. in a way, even though it's kind of accessible. Yeah. It's definitely, I think, classic definition of cult movie, right? Like Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of 
Again, yeah, was know, it, it was commercially successful though? Uh, not really. Oh, it was okay. it was one of those that got picked up. It, it did. It was a home video. Okay. It was a grower, you know, mm-hmm. not a shower kind of thing. No, no, that's fair. I think it's a as, as you know, if, if it's going forward, I think I'll keep this in mind. If it's a cult, if it's generally considered a cult film, maybe that's good grounds for a D. Yeah. Because again, probably below the age of twelve, you're probably not going to appreciate this, mm-hmm. but you know. It's fair. Oh boy! So it had a budget of fifteen million and made back uh, fourteen and a point six. So well, it, that's a th- for a theatrical yeah. run. You know, that's if it's gonna not do if it's not gonna make its budget back, you can at least like make most of it back. And again, it it it, it did okay in the home video markets. And again, almost playing it to this day, constantly. Yeah, like, we've got four or five in the DFW area and it feels Jeez. like once a month I see something for it. You uh they weren't considering things in these terms yet, but you gotta look at the long tail with stuff like this. Like it's the fact that they're still selling, you know, prints of this thing mm-hmm. in the video markets on well, releases. I, I think to your point too, it, it's you know, looking at it from a okay, this was written in nineteen eighty five, written for like it was nineteen fifty four. You, going and understanding that, I still it definitely does hold up. Sure, I, I think I think people should see this movie. Cool, yeah. No, I like it. I think it's I think it's a real hoot. And um, yeah. So, uh, as an adaptation of a game, how do you feel that this covers? How do you think that this 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 translates the mechanics of the clue play experience to the screen? I kind of looked at it like a like a Marvel movie of like, okay, so you have an existing IP, you yeah. know, IP and you. you Pretty much you had people shout out, you know, these are all the tools that are used in the game. Oh, in the parlor or in the billiards yeah. room. You have all that, all the stuff. That, not that anybody, I think, in 1985 was clamoring for. Well, they didn't mention this. Sure, yeah. But uh, I felt, and then at the end they say, it was this person with this and that. And and they, those are all the real things that you need to understand about Clue. I remember, the reason, honestly, the reason I, I have not played Clue since the last time I played Clue was I I think this is how it works, but you know you put the person, the weapon, and the location of the body yeah. in a in a little secret Manila Manila envelope, yeah. and then you each take a turn rolling, and then you get one turn to just figure out a guess. Typically, you just kind of spitball until you figure it out. Uh, and I guessed it on the first one, and I said I'm never playing this again because I got lucky. But uh, <laughs> I, I feel like um, that it pretty pretty solid adaptation. Um, other than it shouldn't take you 90 minutes to play a, play a game of Clue, even with three different endings. Maybe maybe for three different games, it'll take 90 minutes. Sure. I, I'm, sure. I'm suddenly thinking about like what um, 1985 era gatekeepers might have been like. <laughs> uh, the butler was all wrong. That's not how he would have acted or dressed. You know, like I, I just imagine people having their own weird personal vision and like that's that's not how it is. Professor Plum suit wasn't even plum. It was indigo. <laughs> This is more of a statement than a question. Um, excuse me. <laughs> oh God. Well, actually, yeah, it's uh, when I I've come to what I try to in kind of doing the run up for the show and trying to like determine like my personal metric for what I think a successful adaptation is, is that you can't be literal again. You look this quote like if you're if you're adhering just to the the direct translation the meaning of it i don't think it's successful you have to be able to capture the spirit be able to like conjure some of the emotions or the feelings mm-hmm. that the source material does in your new format so 
yeah, you're running around, goofing around, having fun, making wild accusations. You know, it sounds like reasonable, reasonable assumptions. So, cool. Well, for for you know, a board game to even yield an enjoyable movie experience is pretty interesting. I mean, it's it's, it's just the fact that it works at all. Is, well, it's kind of amazing, especially in this time, uh, which was board game. The art of board game, like you know, we joked about the state of the art back in the eighties. The state of board game design was a completely different animal in the eighties. It was all it was big box shit, right? It was big box or fucking super dense war games. Like there wasn't a whole yeah. lot in between. Like, we need to get George Miller to do a crossfire game, uh, a crossfire movie. Holy shit! You do you do not understand what you put in my head right now. In fact, that you brought that up. I mean, the damn commercial looks like something out of Mad Max. Oh, yeah. It it kind of does. It's a cyber. It's a cyber Mad Max. There's there's like laser grids around, but you know it's 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 pretty much a hellscape. And since you've brought this up, we've done this segment before individually, but I'm going to see how it works with three people. Okay, we're going to do a elevator pitch, boys. So this is where we pitch. We we throw out at at the same time <laughs> the elements for what we think would make a good. Board game in this instance, but a good video game, a good board game to film adaptation. Somebody's got to pick the board game, somebody's got to pick the genre of film, and then somebody's got to pick the lead star. And we all have to work together and put that pitch together in five minutes or less. Okay. All right. Uh, who's Josh? What's our game? Keep it. Just okay. put. Take it. Find it in your heart. Keep it on the tip of your tongue and hold on to that for a second. Uh, not a game not based on property, right? Like pre-existing. Yeah, no, a board game. Okay. We're adapting a board game. Okay. Cody, you get your choice. You want to cast our you want to cast our lead star, male or female, or do you want to cast or do you want to put the, the plot of the film? Uh, what I, kind of genre does this film fit in? I'll go with the genre. Okay, you can use okay. genre. Okay, cool. I got it. All right, I'll do our lead star. So on three, we're all going to spit this out. Oh, we got to make on. I need more time. Okay. I just won't do too many of them. Uh, yeah, I need just a minute. Take a second. Okay. Take a second. But we're going to go through, have an idea, something you can riff on, something you can speak to, really flesh this out. Okay. Because uh, you never know who's listening. We might sell the rights to this for $500,000. All right. <laughs> all right. Each yeah, that amount. Okay. On three? Okay. All right. Three. Or sorry, I'm one. We'll count. <laughs> ha! That was the first test. On uh, on three. One, two, three. Trouble. Sci-fi okay. action comedy. All right. Okay. Trouble. Trouble. The sci-fi action comedy starring Nicolas Cage. Trouble. Remind me of the mechanics of Trouble again. Okay, so Trouble is... Because I'm getting it confused with uh, Pop-O-Matic. I'm getting it confused yeah. with Sorry. Uh, very similar, I Think to sorry, no, yeah. no bumping, but no bumping. although so, sorry with Nicolas Cage would be good too. Sorry, um, no. So trouble, you start. I think it's fun getting the trouble. That's is. all I remember. Yeah, and then it pops. Yeah, so there's a, a little popper in the center with a with a d6, That's and what then it was. It, you take turns rolling, <clears> and I believe you have to hit a certain number at first before you can move your little people out. But you have I think five or six different markers, and you have to go around the board and back home, and you can only do it. You can only move from however many times you pop. But I do actually think that if you land on somebody, that piece goes back to the person. That's the sorry. Yes. Okay. No, no, that's sorry. But uh, oh, that's trouble. the trouble. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no trouble. This is the problem. With trouble who's, who's on first? Yeah. All right. So 
we have to establish here. It's a rolling move. Okay. We're racing to the end. We have to get there and back again. Right? That's the interesting. You have mm-hmm. to go all the way around and back to the beginning. With all your guys or just the one? With all of them. Okay. Yeah. So I'm seeing a relay race. I'm seeing a race across the galaxy. Nick Cage, sci-fi Nick Cage galaxy. has to rescue, like, captive humans and, you know, take race. Help me out here, guys. <laughs> captive humans, 100%. Like smuggling people back home? Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, no. He's on a race to get them. No. What he is, he's, he's a space coyote. He's taking people, you know... He's, you have to go all the way around? All yes, the way. all around. Actually, no. He's a, it's a space, it's a wacky space comedy where he's a tour guide. He's a space tour guide. <laughs> they all hop in the Nick Cage uh, spaceship, which looks like one of those little, you know, one of the little play pieces. Yeah. They fly around to the edge of the galaxy so and then, all kinds of stuff. So the, the mechanic of, the famous mechanic of trouble, the popper with the D6... He has a button that he presses. And yeah, to go to warp only, speed. And they can only warp to whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the warp speed. Are. And he's, he's, and uh, that's his famous catchphrase every time he hits it. It's fun getting in trouble. All right, guys, watch out. It's, it's, yeah. And every, time they, every time they go to, they do warp speed, his hairline like unrecedes a little. <laughs> Is he unaging? Is he yeah. Benjamin Button? No, just the hairline. Yeah. Same, uh-huh. same cage. <laughs> he can get older and it can change. It'll be really weird. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's figure this out. Like, okay, so we're, we need to figure out what this thing is. So Nick Cage is transporting people around the galaxy. I mean, I like the idea of doing a tourist sort of thing, but yeah. I don't know. Is no, it's cool. Okay. Well, right. there's four, so there's four different colors, too, so maybe he's, is it like a competition or... Is it a death race? Is it is A it, rat race? Is it a rat race? Is it rat race? <laughs> it's rat race. They have to walk all the way around in the galaxy in this in, in a mad mad it's a mad 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 galaxy is what I'm hearing. No, no, nobody, nobody saw. Man, nobody saw I, I'm so lost. <laughs> I still don't know how the game works. <laughs> There's not much game yeah. in this game, Cody. It's a roll and move for four year olds. Yeah, <laughs> you just. I think most. I think by the end of it, everybody's just popping it. It's parcheesi for babies. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Parcheesi Jr.? Have you? Yeah, no, basically. Okay. Now, right. I almost wish I had picked the game, but I don't know how you turn Mahjong into a movie. I see. I didn't. I, I strayed away from that and, like, Go or Shogi or anything like that. It, it I just, well, Shogi, I guess Shogi and Chess are pretty easy. Well, I'll say it helps if you pick stuff that has meat on it. Like, yeah. unless, like don't bring something to the table that you can't make jokes about. <laughs> That's probably a good idea because yeah. I don't know what Mahjong is. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, you. I, I, I think my sister played a version of it on like a Windows compilation game oh, yeah. CD about 20 years ago. That's about the extent Let's I see, know of Mahjong. All you had to say was Space, space Cadet Pinball yeah. and we'd be halfway oh, there. Man. Oh, man. Wait, that's not that. We Nick Cage would have much more interesting things to do. Yeah, like hitting bumpers and going through like, I don't know. Can we just change it right now? Yeah. This it's Space Pinball is on a board game, sadly. It's not... It's just a free demo that came with Windows 95. Yeah, apparently there was a whole game you could buy in that, but, you know, I don't think anyone ever did. No, just played it over and over. You just played it over and over when you got sick of Spider Solitaire, because you didn't know how that worked at 10. You know, you just I, still don't, I still don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't understand the difference. I yeah. mean, what would be another... Yeah, it's hard because I, I thought, you know, Jumanji's already... We talked about that earlier. It's just, yeah, it's, fake board the game. Already lies. There. Yeah. I mean, Settlers of Catan... Could have been one. Oh my god, that'd be 
boring. I yeah. like I like settlers, but the, as it would movie, be boring. All these yeah. fucking European. It's like a it's Schraders. a it's a, it's a <laughs> fucking uh oh god, what's the one where you build the French town Carcassonne? Like it's yeah. all very like oh it's a BBC drama about <laughs> the intrigues of what the peasantry got up to in the eighth century. <laughs> I guess pandemic would be a good one. Pandemic's an excellent one. <laughs> A romantic comedy. A romantic comedy. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, if we... Uh, Sorry, Nicholas. You guys know a lot more about board games than I do. Yeah, I feel at a loss for words. Nah, don't worry. That's why you... That's, that's going to be me when we actually start talking about video games. I have, like, a, a limited limited knowledge. The only, you know what the only memory I have of playing a board game is? Being, uh, like... Getting the... Getting the Swallowing a D six, swallowing all the D sixes in Yahtzee. Bringing bringing a Simpsons Monopoly game to a halt because I didn't know how the fuck to play. <laughs> I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't, I don't understand this money. <laughs> what is money? How, how am I supposed to? Wait, when you buy the Clicky Mart, like what are you like what are money? The, can, they, I don't even remember, man. Money can be traded <laughs> for goods and services. <laughs> they should have that like as the number one rule. You surely they did. Surely they had to us. There's no way they could. When did they make this? When was that episode? I don't know, man. Uh, that would have been like six. like early nineties. Okay, yeah. surely, surely they did. If they're not gonna, if they're not gonna be huge disappointments to us and everyone around them, surely they pulled that joke. But that's the only thing I remember from board games is not knowing how to play Simpsons Monopoly. Well, <laughs> at least you're honest. Then we don't have that many board game episodes to do. I was gonna say, do we? What, what was your like? What was your spot in Monopoly? What did you always want? Uh, you always get the orange and red ones because that's what that's. Uh, no, but what was your favorite spot? Not like strategically, but like what? Oh, I mean, I was a piece of shit and just bought the stuff that was right after the jail. Okay. <laughs> I bought what was six. I bought. I said I don't remember the name of it. I just you you after you get out of prison, yeah. you buy what is exactly six spaces after yeah. out of jail because it's the most likely thing to roll. Because um, I was a power gaming piece of shit. <laughs> I liked Park Place. Park Place is that good. I played a lot of PC Monopoly. Baltic yeah. was a nice, nice. No, it wasn't. Baltic was the worst. Yeah, it was cheap. Oh, okay. Yeah, you develop on it. Uh, I'm thinking the, uh, the, the graphics of, of the PC Monopoly, uh, Baltic, looked like you would get Bubonic Plague, and but Park Place had a zoo in it, and I, I dubbed that as uh, a see. Gentrification at work. Yep, yep. That's the the fucking we we you know there's so many people in Baltic Avenue living with the legacy of redlining to this very day, <laughs> and that's how we get back to the movie with Kevin Hart and the kid that wants. Oh, to, I like, thought you were saying like red herring or something. Well, communism's a red herring, and monkey brings though it's very. That thank you for bringing that monkey brings though it's very common in Cantonese. I I thought things, I. Oh, I and I is didn't know. I don't think so. Not no, but even. it was eighty-five. People didn't know yeah. anything about. Yeah, that, that's it. Just sounded right. So they. Used it, it just yeah. It made yeah. somebody laugh in the writers' room. Yeah, I. They could have gone so many other places. They use monkey that. brains in Indiana Jones too. Is that just like a trope? Yeah, it must. But I, I remember seeing references to monkey brains as cartoons and which, stuff. Which 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 uh, Indiana Jones? Because they had eyeball soup in Temple of Doom. I mean. Oh. I'm not saying that they didn't eat monkey brains, but uh, I don't. I yeah. I kind of. You know out. what? That film was more racist than I realized. I, I, well, you know what? That's that, fair. That kind of caught me, and I was like, "Yeah, whatever." And then they said it again. Well, because you know, say, it was both in the endings. Yeah. But I, I kind of look at. I, I have some Chinese cookbooks from like the '80s that were published, and sure. a lot of like sweet and sour chicken and stuff like that. No monkey brains. No monkey brains, and I. And, any, any parts of the monkey? No, 
but that's uh, I know it's a lot of like Americanized Chinese cuisine, uh, but but even even then, it's like I, I, there are monkeys in in the various provinces of China, but I don't think that the brains were or I, even. Not saying that they didn't eat it, but I, I just don't think that that's a, a people thing. didn't really people, go for the primates. I mean, there was bad. there was some pretty weird stuff. I mean, I, I was watching this cooking show. Where this, okay, weird, Cody. Weird. Yeah. Can we? Give, this is a judgment free zone. Oh no, no. Okay, no, I should I shouldn't. But yeah. But even the guy in the video thought it was weird. He was this Korean guy who went uh, had like a, like a, an actual. Chinese banquet like the like the kings would have had, and there was stuff like royal banquet, like hooves. Well, yeah, they do. There's that, you know, still and I'm not banquet. saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's uh, uh, he didn't like the hooves. It's fair. That's it's a texture thing, the deer yeah. hooves and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I, I so maybe monkey brains isn't that strange. Yeah, I don't know. It's not common in Washington D.C. That's yeah. all I know. Or in New England. Or New. England. Yeah, where wherever they were. They were in New England, okay. but everyone's from was from D.C. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of weird world building in this film about a fucking board game. I feel like they could have said Virginia. I mean, I guess they instead of New England. Yeah. Well, I mean, just I'm not sure why they to... specified where it was. Yeah. Well, to such a vague extent, they specified it. I like, mean, if you're gonna say DC, you know, Virginia makes sense, but like, no, it's just in New England, and everyone's dealing with the interpolitics of Washington DC. Right. Right. Weird. Right. Weird choices. J. Edgar Hoover calling everyone up on his phone. <laughs> Weird film. Weird film. Uh, but we're rambling here, and it's been 90 minutes. Um, so this has been, I guess, the te- test demo one of uh, Frame Imperfect. I will promise I'll work out that intro. Um, Can I just say that if I were offered hooves or brains, I'd at least try it just to be polite. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, yeah. It went to all the trouble of scooping those brains out. Like, yeah. are you going to, like, well, I turn would, it down? I would... I mean, I would try it to be polite, but I'd also kind of take a hard look at, okay, what kind of sauce am I getting with this? Because you're not <laughs> yes. just going to eat it. What yes. am I going to dip these hooves in? Yeah. Well, but the hooves, that, like, I, the hooves are definitely stewed for so long. They, yeah. They've got to be at least... Yeah, it's just breaking down into keratin at but that the, point. But the brain, you know, come on. I would insist that the brain be cut up like tofu blocks or ground like in, in the... Soup. Or, yeah, like a soup or if you put it on a taco. If it's on a taco, I'm sure. I can pretty much. Yeah, I've, had, I've had a tongue taco. Yeah, so it's halfway, it's halfway, halfway there. Yeah. Fucking leg was delicious. Yeah. So, so you know, I'm fine. It's probably not that. It's probably not that unusual. Yeah, no. Just give it to me in a context. I understand on a yeah. corn tortilla with cilantro, <laughs> onions, and a lime. Goddammit, and I'm good. I won't even think about it being brains. Yeah. No. All right. Um. But before we before we burn any more brains on this uh, very dense brain heavy uh, episode, uh, this is a. Uh, been uh, one of the test demo episodes of uh, Frame Imperfect. Um, I mean, we'll be on we'll be on Patreon. We'll probably have an Instagram or a Twitter or something. Um, but uh, I'll save all those plugs for later. Uh, I'm I'm Zach. That's been Cody. I'm and, Cody and uh, Josh. And uh, communism's a red herring. Communism's been a red herring, and I guess we'll uh, have a clever sign off eventually. Cut. Cut.